Welcome to Hacks for Life with Galen Jones of James Group Ministries, a Christ-centered conversation that will encourage and inspire you to live a better life. Now let's join Galen Jones of James Group Ministries. Welcome to Hacks for Life. I'm Galen Jones, your host, and I'm here with Scott Rahi, and this is a kind of a series that we're talking about. Uh, I think this is number four. This is our fourth conversation. Um, on the topic of uh, the historical Jesus, that Jesus actually uh, lived on uh, planet Earth and was a, a real human, and uh, we got to um, not just a made-up figure. Yeah, he's not, not a, just he's not a, a myth. So yeah, and that's what people are saying. Not you know, not a ton of people, but a very vocal minority, including some sort of fringe scholars like Richard Carrier, Robert Price, a couple of them like that. Most of the people that talk about this are not scholars. Most of them are just the vocal sort of internet atheist community. Um, and you'll hear them, if you encounter them, if you if you talk to too, very many atheists, you're going to run into the whole, well, if Jesus existed, really, you don't think, he, well, there's no evidence that he existed, that sort of thing. So um, I want to go to the next one. His name was Joseph Atwill. And this guy, they'll they'll sort of sneak him in at times, and they'll say, well, you know, Jesus is an, an invention. Christianity is an invention of the Roman um, government in order to pacify the slave nation of Israel and get them on board as you know to be peaceful and treat Rome well. And so his his argument, and he he put it all in a book he called Caesar's Messiah. It was published in two thousand and five. Now, first of all, Joseph Atwell is not a scholar. He did study as a boy. He studied Greek as a boy. But he basically, he later on, he opened his own computer company, and he made a lot of money off of that. Now he's out there writing books, and there's no, you know, you don't look at him as a scholar because he's, he's never studied this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, as a, he's never gone and gotten an education on this. And I think you'll find it's really interesting. So let me, let me for, I'm taking this from Wikipedia, which is talking about Caesar's Messiah. It says, Caesar's Messiah is a 2005 book by Joseph Atwill that argues that the New Testament Gospels were written by a group of individuals connected to the Flavian family of Roman emperors, Vespasian, Titus, and Domitian. The authors were were mainly Flavius Josephus, Berenice, and Tiberius Julius Alexander with contributions from Pliny the Elder. Although Vespasian and Titus had defeated Jewish nationalist zealots in the first Jewish-Roman War of 70 AD, the emperors wanted to control the spread of Judaism and moderate its political virulence and continuing militancy against Rome. Christianity, a passive and pro-Roman authority religion, was their solution. This is his idea, and his whole book is about trying to prove this. Now, I don't know any, any better way to argue against this than... I've already said Richard Carrier's a kook, okay? <laughs> he thinks that Joseph Atwill is kooky. And he's got an ar- he's got an article. Okay, wait, but back say that again. So Richard Carrier who I am saying when all all legitimate scholars say Richard Carrier is a kook. Okay. Richard Carrier thinks Joseph Atwill is nuts. Which is really interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I just and, wanted to make sure I had that yep. uh, understood that. It's I think I think it's called he's got an article on his blog. I think it's called um, At Will's Cranked Up Jesus, I think it's what he calls it. And I'm going to read this is the, I'm a, I'm quoting Richard Carrier from his blog here. He said and it's a brilliant intro, I absolutely love this. So we get value out of these crazy people 
somehow anyway. Starts off, Joseph Atwill is one of those crank mythers I often get conflated with. Mythicists like him make the job of serious scholars like me so much harder because people see, hear, or read them and think their nonsense is what mythicism is. They make mythicism look ridiculous. So I have to waste time, oh, by the gods, so much time, explaining how I am not arguing anything like their theories or using anything like their terrible methods, and unlike them, I actually know what I'm talking about and have an actual PhD in a relevant subject from a real university. Um, and then he goes on, Atwill is best known as the author of Caesar's Messiah, subtitled The Roman Conspiracy to Invent Jesus. Roman, meaning the Roman imperial family. Yeah. In this, Atwill argues, quote, Jesus is the invention of a Roman emperor, and that the entire New Testament was written by, quote, the first century historian Flavius Josephus, end quote, who left clues to his scheme by littering secret, hidden, coded parallels in, the, in his book, The Jewish War. Atwill claims to prove the Romans directed the writing of both the J.W. Jewish War and the New Testament in order to, quote, offer a vision of a peaceful Messiah who would serve as an alternative to the revolutionary leaders who were rocking first century Israel and threatening Rome, and also apparently as a laughing joke on the Jews. Now, this is Richard Carrier, who's way out on the fringe, saying, Joseph Atwill is so far beyond where I am. He's a, he makes it look he makes me look bad. <laughs> and I just think that's hysterical that he's doing that. Atwill believes that Flavius Josephus, if you go look him up, he's a legitimate Jewish scholar. Um, he wrote The Jewish Wars and I think The Antiquities of the Jews, I yeah. think is the and, other one. Yeah. No. Um, and it's a very important those are important documents to us yeah. as Christians, yeah. and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um and he says, yeah, Josephus was just basically telling a joke by writing the New, New Testament. And he's got all these coded messages hidden in the Jewish war that point to the fact that the New Testament is fake. And really, it's just a big joke on the Jews. That's what Joseph Atwill thinks. And if you get if you get Richard Carrier to say that Joseph Atwill's kooky, I don't think we need a whole lot more than that to go. Joseph, Joseph At or uh, Joseph Atwell is not a credible person that we need to take seriously. Even Ken Humphreys, in that video I watched, mm -hmm. towards the end of it, he goes, yeah, I've talked to Joseph Atwell. I don't think I can go where he's going. I don't think his stuff makes a lot of sense. Okay, Ken Humphreys also thinks that. So let's turn to these documentaries. There, there are a couple of documentaries that are, that are out there that you'll see. Maybe you don't see them as much anymore. They were very prominent when they came out, but they, that's kind of died off. But you can still go find them online. One of them is called The God Who Wasn't There. And I, I don't know if you remember this, but when we used to teach this class back at the church that we mm -hmm. went to, I would show a video. You can still find it online. Um, they used to make an offer. The people that made this video make an, made an offer that if anybody would create a YouTube video of themselves denying the Holy Spirit, they'd send them a free video. And there were all these kids, like 10, 11, 12-year-old kids going... I deny the Holy Spirit so they could get a free copy of this video. Like, oh, you just condemned your soul to hell because that's the only unforgivable, unforgivable sin. Yeah. And they're just making a big joke out of this. But the God who wasn't there, and the God who wasn't there talks about God's non-existence, but there are parts of it that talks about Jesus not even existing as a historical character. And they, they do interview Richard Carrier in parts of it. Um, they say that Mark was written A.D. 70 or later, that the other three Gospels copied from Mark. 
Um, Paul is actually the primary author of the New Testament. There's a, there, they show a timeline, and they say, look, here's when Jesus died, about A.D. 30. And then here's where the first Gospels were written, about A.D. 70 is when Mark was written, and the rest mm-hmm. of them are written later. So you've got this 40-year period in which there's nothing. It's this, this silence. And all we have to go on is the writings of Paul. And Paul didn't know anything about a physical Jesus, didn't know about a human named Jesus. We've already talked about the (laughs) the celestial Jesus. He says he didn't know. This is them giving the list. Mm -hmm. He didn't know Mary. He didn't know Joseph. He'd never heard of Bethlehem. He didn't know Herod, didn't know about John the Baptist, didn't know about any of Jesus's miracles, um, none of that stuff. Again, we've already gone through this. This is an argument for silence. Just because Paul doesn't mention something is not the same thing as Paul saying they didn't exist. You know, Paul could have gone if if there was not misuse of communion in the first in the in the Corinthian church in the first century, and Paul had not written to correct them on it, he probably wouldn't have written about communion. So the conclusion would be, well, he didn't he didn't take communion. There's no reason to draw that conclusion. Does, <laughs> yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, no, it's it's uh, interesting how these can't be. People that they're well, they're people that are, they have an agenda. Yeah, they, I'm they thinking this God, is more of an agenda thing. They, they want than, God than, not to exist. Then, uh, at least what it sounds like to me, then this is an agenda. It's they're smarter than that. But they're persuading a lot of gullible kids. Yeah. Yes, and a lot of yeah. people that that haven't yeah. looked into it, and they're they're scaring a lot of Christians who are scared to look into these things, right? Um, and again, I mentioned this before, but Paul did know Jesus's brother. And he did. And in order for him to know Jesus' brother, Jesus had to exist. He did know um, his closest disciple, Peter. As a matter of fact, Bart Ehrman calls these things offhand comments. Uh, Paul just says them. He's not. He's not making a point with them. He's just making an offhand comment as he's making another point, which increases the likelihood of it being historically accurate. Um, and I'll just quote what I'll quote the verse. It's uh, Galatians 1, 18 and 19. And this is Paul talking. He says, Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles, apostles except James, the Lord's brother. And if he's seeing the Lord's brother, that means Jesus had a brother, which means he was a physical person. Yeah, uh, if he had a disciple named Peter, odds are good that Peter says, yeah, Jesus existed as a real person. So... You know, in the God who wasn't there, the majority of it talks about you know the, these other things. But um, so let's so let's turn in the last of this one and let's talk about the Zeitgeist movie. Zeitgeist is spelled Z E I G E I S T, and you can find uh, you can find it on YouTube for free. And if you're going to watch it on YouTube, I would recommend there's a website that contains a podcast that I really recommend that you that you watch. Or listen, it's an audio. There's a guy named Glenn Peoples. He's a doctor of philosophy. Mm -hmm. He's a Christian. I think he's out of New Zealand. And um, his website is www.rightreason.org, R-I-G-H-T, reason.org. And it's episode 38. Uh, If you do episode 38, Zeitgeist, and you do do rightreason.org, it'll come up. Okay. He's responding to the Zeitgeist movie. He's basically... It's almost comical how he's responding to it because the Zeitgeist movie is trying to make the case that you'll hear you'll hear at the beginning say, well, you know, here's the deal: the sun S U N is very much like the sun S O N. They sound the same. So really, when they're saying they're worshiping the sun 
S-O-N, they're really worshiping the sun, S-U-N. And when they're, <laughs> when they're um, talking about the rising of Jesus, they're talking about the sun coming back at the end of the, the, the lunar or the, the calendar year and the days getting longer and getting back into the spring. And he says the 12 months and the 12 symbols of the zodiac, that's what the disciples really were. And it's just all this bizarre stuff, right? Wow. And then they launch into this. This is where this business about these dying and rising God comparisons oh, comes yeah, from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the quote that I wanted to read. Um, there's an article. There's a book called uh, Come Let Us Reason. It's a Christian book, and William Lane Craig, I think, is the editor of it. And there's an article in the book. Uh, let me get to the name of it just really quickly here. Now, you've mentioned that before, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, the, the I mean, he's, there's lots of really good books that, that that are tied to this. This is chapter 11. It's the article is called "Challenging the Zeitgeist Movie" uh, by a gentleman named Mark Foreman. And the thing I want to read, he he really takes this thing apart and says this is nonsense. And the reason he wrote this is a student of his came to him. Matter of fact, let me read that. It's an, it's a really interesting sort of anecdote at the very beginning. This is in the this is the first paragraph of this chapter. Says a few semesters back, a student approached me after class and wanted to know whether he could meet with me. He was having some doubts about his faith because of a movie he had seen on the internet called Zeitgeist. He shared with me how this movie had made claims that Christianity was a total fiction, that it was completely made up of a com- from a combination of other religious claims, and that all world religions were just different expressions of sun worship. He blurted out, quote, they really backed up their claims with all sort of evidence, uh, Dr. Foreman. I don't know what to believe anymore. Is it true? Is all this stuff I was taught in church just a big hoax? Now, that is exactly why we care about this stuff. These kids that do this stuff. I don't ever want anybody to have these questions and the person they're asking not know how to respond. So the thing I want to show, I really recommend everybody get the book and read this. Read the whole thing. But at the beginning of his article, he there's a quote in the Zeitgeist movie, and he just draws it out. So I'm going to read. This is actually text that you can hear in the Zeitgeist movie. And this is Zeitgeist talking. This is the audio. Uh, the guy says, broadly speaking, the story of Horus is as follows. Horus was born on December 25th of the Virgin Isis Mary. His birth was accompanied by a star in the east, which in turn, three kings followed to locate and adorn the newborn savior. At the age of 12, he was a prodigal child teacher, and at the age of 30, he was baptized by a figure known as Anup, and thus began his ministry. Horus had 12 disciples he traveled with, performing miracles such as healing the sick and walking on water. Horus was known by many gestural names such as the Light, uh, the Truth, God's Anointed Son, the Good Shepherd, the Lamb of God, and many others. After being betrayed by Typhon, Horus was crucified buried for three days, and thus resurrected. Again, that's like going back to the Bill Maher movie that we first talked about. Anybody that hears this, this kid in the college, mm-hmm. this guy, yep. oh my goodness, maybe Christianity, the whole thing is a lie. Yep. You know, And this is why it's so important. I mean, again, it's a small number of people, but it's this, it's this, it's insidious. If you're by yourself at home and you stumble across this video, and you start watching this, and they it's a documentary. They treat it like it's an established fact. And you're just going to believe it, you know? It, it could take a lot of research to go right. out and to dig and find out. And a lot of people just will hear that and believe it and go, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think that's why we're supposed to love God with all of our minds. I think it requires this sometimes. Now, I'm going to tell you the Zeitgeist movie came from a lady named Dorothy Murdoch, and she called herself Asharia S. during her life. She died in 2015, I think, of cancer. But she was a New Age guru. She wasn't a scholar, had a bachelor's degree in classics and Greek civilization. And here's the interesting thing. There's a website of atheists out there called Rational Wiki. It's an, it's an atheist website. And here's what they say about Asharia. Now, she's the source of the Zeitgeist movie. Her books are the source of the Zeitgeist movie. I want to re- read what they say about Asharia S. Asharia S. was the pen name of Dorothy Murdoch, a researcher and proponent of her own rather dubious version of Christ myth theory, whose books inspired the 2007 conspiracy film Zeitgeist. Rarely using ancient sources, she was known for making claims about ancient beliefs that have no basis in our understanding of the ancient world. Her book, Christ in Egypt, the Horus-Jesus Connection, asserts that the myths surrounding Jesus borrowed heavily from Egyptian deity Horus, an idea dating back to Gerald Massey's book, Ancient Egypt, The Light of the World, in 1907. He wrote it in 1907. However, she made new claims of her own, that December 25th was important in Horus worship and that he had 12 disciples. Neither of these claims can be substantiated by ancient sources. So here's an, a- an atheist site saying, don't listen to her. She's not. <laughs> her, claims, her claims about what sources said were genuinely accurate, but her interpretation of those sources was frequently on crack. Now, this is a, this is a bunch of Internet atheists, and they're just kind of talking, and I just love the way they get into this. Other mythologists were polite to and about her, but cordially considered her a gibbering fruit bat. If you have any other sources on the face of the earth for a claim, you should use that source instead. That's what the Rational Wiki thinks about her. So she's the source of Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist has the same level of credibility as that. And we're going to go through, at at a future point, we're going to go through Horus and compare the claims of Horus against Jesus. And I'll tell you what really the history shows. So let's talk about Gerald Massey briefly, because I've mentioned him a couple of times. He he was a writer of poetry. He was born in 1828. He died in 1907. Um, he was a chief druid for 26 years, like the guys that built Stonehenge. He thought he could read Egyptian hieroglyphics, and he seems to have advanced his theories p- potentially to legitimize his druid cult unlikely to make money. He was not a believer in Jesus, didn't want Jesus to be true. He wanted his druid faith to be true. So all of the re- all of the stuff that people rely on comes from this guy, mainly. Um, here's what, again, here, this, this is what Wikipedia says about Gerald Math- Massey. Gerald Massey was a poet and writer of English descent, best known for his views on Christianity, spiritualism, and ancient Egypt. He truly believed that the Christian story about Jesus Christ was nothing but an extension of the Egyptian myth of the demigod Horus. His works on Egyptology and his perceived link of a uh, or perceived belief of a link between Egyptian gods and Christian spiritually, uh, spiritualism have been widely studied. I'd say so, because it's launched this whole Jesus myth nonsense. Now, the one other one I want to mention briefly is Earl Doherty. I said that Richard Carrier mm-hmm. relied on him. Re- Earl Doherty has a bachelor's degree in ancient history. He's not a scholar. Okay, Here's what, the, um, it's what Wikipedia says about him. Doherty asserts that Christianity began with a belief in a spiritual, mythical figure 
that the Gospels are essentially allegory and fiction, and that no single identifiable person named Jesus lay at the root of the Galilean preaching tradition. Doherty argues in The Jesus Puzzle, that's his book, and Jesus, Neither God Nor Man, The Case for a Mythical Jesus, that Jesus originated as a myth derived from Middle Platonism with some influences from Jewish mysticism, and that belief in a historical Jesus existing among Christian and that belief in a historical Jesus emerged only among Christian communities in the second century. So he's the guy that influences um, Richard Carrier. And again, these are just Doherty, I'm not sure if he's still alive or not, but I know like Massey's gone, I know Asharia S is gone. I suspect they're very surprised right this moment. Yeah, they could, know. yeah. I would um, think so. But you know, one of the, go ahead. I'll, go, no, I'll, go ahead. That's fine. Well, I wanted to, to, you know, it's interesting that for something that didn't exist, that so much time has been spent trying to prove that it didn't exist. It's amazing, yeah. How much time the, and my entire the, the career energy, is yeah, built in. How many people have built their career around proving that the Easter Bunny's not real? <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> So or, or Santa Claus, Santa Claus, and I want and I want to mention one more just just as kind of we wrap up because this is the last of kind of the here's the people that yeah. are prominent. Um, Robert Price does it too, but I, he doesn't say anything unique from these people, so I'm not going to go into what he says. But there is during World War II and before World War II in Germany there was a big quest to say that Jesus was a myth um, because. The Nazis wanted an Aryan Jesus. They didn't want a Jewish Jesus. They didn't like the Jews. They wanted to get rid of mm-hmm. the Jews. So they wanted either him to be fictional or they wanted him to be white. They wanted him to be part of the Aryan race. And so there was a push. And you understand what their you know their right. their screwed up motivations were, but they were pushing for it as well. So I mean, I could go on for a really long time. You can read a lot of weird books. The book on which, say the uh, the Dan Brown, the Da Vinci. Uh, da Vinci Code, it's based on a book that's, you know, kind of uh, the same quality, the same kind mm-hmm. of people and that sort of thing. They have these weird ideas. But the thing is, it's seeping into the mainstream. And it's seeping into the mainstream enough that it, you know, we need to sort of deal with it. Right. Now, um, let's t- let's start next time. I want to start with what does Bart Ehrman have to say on the matter? I've mentioned him briefly. Right. But people sometimes will come to me and say, Bart Ehrman believes Jesus didn't exist at Let's see if that's true or not. And then we'll start, uh, we'll go through and, and, and respond to some of this stuff. Sounds good. That makes sense. Yeah, sounds great. Look forward to it. You've been listening to Hacks for Life with Galen Jones of James Group Ministries. The James Group is a nonprofit, Christ centered organization that seeks to serve the community by offering skilled, caring support for anyone in need. For help, call 972-243-4673. That's 972-243-4673. For questions and comments, email Galen at jamesgroupministries.net. That's G-A-L-O-N at jamesgroupministries.net. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for another Hacks for Life with Galen Jones.